this world Goliath ant. You can you can put it on screen. Yeah. So this this Goliath ant is like this big. Like it was it was the biggest ant I've ever seen. Um, and these the small ants are the carpenter ants, and they're kind of trying to fight it off and scare it off. And I, what I was so moved by this is like. This Goliath ant could have just like chopped them in half, like, um, but you know they were working together as a team, and eventually they were able to kind of drive drive off this this Goliath. And I, don't, I don't even know what they're called Goliath. They're not called Goliath ants. Um, but what I love about ants is that they are constantly working together. They're like a team, um, and as as a family, they they do everything together in, in their hive, and they they have a common common goal. Um, so in Proverbs six, um, the um, the writer says, uh, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest, and poverty, poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. The book of Proverbs is full of wise sayings. Um, and snippets, and some of them are prescriptive, and some of them are warnings. Many give general principles to life, which tend to, if followed, tend to lead to blessing and good things in someone's life. Other things are warnings, uh, statements wanting people to avoid doing certain kinds of actions. My hope after going through this um, passage is that um, after we're done hearing this, we'll remember some of these truths. Um, God calls sluggards to be diligent workers, to do their work whether or not there is authority watching over them, um, he wants us to, continue to consider future dangers and prepare for them now um, while we have time. And ultimately to look to Jesus, who's the ultimate worker and the rescuer of all of our lazy, laziness and failures. So how many of you guys um, love work? When you go to work? Okay, we got, we got one guy there. <laughs> okay, we got a couple. You know, I think the, the reality is for a lot of us, and, you know, some of you might have jobs that you go to. Some you, your work might be taking care of your home or taking care of your family or kids or whatever. Um, sometimes it's hard to be really excited about going to work, and I, and I get it. Um, the author starts off by calling the reader a sluggard. Um, so what's a sluggard? If you look at the root word, it's slug, um, and that's someone, uh, an animal that's very, very slow. Um, the Oxford Dictionary defines a sluggard as a lazy or a sluggish person. Perhaps you know someone who's a sluggard, or perhaps you are a sluggard yourself. Um, you know, when <laughs> there's kind of a funny thing that happens in the Chen house every single Saturday morning. So it's, we found a, like, a life hack for getting some quiet from the kids. Like we, we just asked them, you guys you need to go clean your room. Um, and like literally the kids disappear like for like three hours and they don't bother you at all. They're, 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 I'm not sure if they're cleaning the room, but they're not talking to us, <laughs> which is, which is re really, uh, and eventually the room does get, get clean. Um, but, uh, you know, and we're like that. We all, we all have responsibilities. Um, and so oftentimes we're, even as I was preparing the sermon, I was supposed to be, you know, going through the passage, editing and stuff like that. And so often I was like, uh, I'm going to check what's on ESPN. I'm going to, you know, get distracted by my phone. Um, we all have a tendency to not do, not work diligently at the things that we ought to do. Um, so, you know, how, how about you guys? Have you had times when you've um, needed to work, but instead you went on Netflix and binge watched the latest show or watched the newest Star Wars or whatever? 
Um, or maybe times when God was calling you to spend intentional time with your kids um, and instead you, you know, complained at them for bothering you for, you know, whatever you were doing. Um, or maybe there's times when God has called you to some physical activity, exercise. I know for myself there's been so many times when I hadn't been exercising and I was waking up. I had time in the morning where I could have exercised, done some devotionals, and instead I was just, I, I want to stay in bed. Uh, it's so warm here, and I don't want to do this. You know, there, there are so many times when we are, the, our nature kind of lends itself to laziness. Um, I think there's some, um, some degree of sluggard in every single one of us. And this is kind of a new thing with our, our, I mean, it's not a new thing, but in this latest kind of generation, um, it's easier and easier. And uh, there's a stat I saw that less and less of the working age population, especially in the young men age group, um, are actually working. Um, and I'm not a sociologist, and I'm sure that there's some degree of, um, you know, generous governmental benefits to which prevent people from wanting to work as hard. But also, I think there's a very human desire to do as little work as possible and to be as entertained as possible. Um, and let me be clear, I, I like to waste time on my phone as much as anyone else. Um, so I'm not, gonna, not being judgy here. Um, but I think in the goodness of God's word, he wants more from us than to waste our lives um, just entertaining ourselves or um, living for ourselves. It says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer rule, she pairs her bread in summer and gathers her food for harvest. How many of you guys have ever been to the Akron Zoo? No. It's pretty nice. Um, one thing that I really enjoy is they have like an ant exhibit there. And when you, when you look inside this ant colony, it's like teeming with life. Like every single... Everything, every single thing is moving because these ants are always going, you know, one direction or the other. Um, one thing that I realize about ants is they're, you hardly ever see an ant just sitting there, you know, just watching other, other people, other ants doing what they're doing. They're always going, they always have a purpose. Um, I think we as sluggards have an op opportunity here to watch ants and to learn from them. Um, I mean, what if every single person, and then I think I'm preaching to the choir here, but I, I think there's... Um, I think about a, a, a church where every single person was av available and wondering, like, how can, I, how can I help? How can I serve? You know, there's times when I'm, I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, look, you just spilled milk on the ground. <laughs> this is this morning. You just spilled milk on the table. Don't just stand at it. Stand at it. Watch it. Get a cloth. Do, do something. And I think, that's, I think there, there's some people I just really appreciate who are just always on and always like, how can I serve? How can I care for others? Um, I think about um, people like Beth, who even though she's very old, she's very old in, um, in all the best kind of ways, but she's always, um, with, the, with the strength that God gives her to um, whatever that she need, or needs done, whether it be cleaning or greeting or, you know, helping with the kids, um, Kim, you know, like there, there are just so many, so many of our older saints who are always available, always wanting to be engaged with the, the strength that God gives um, Galatians 6.2 says, um, bear another's burdens and so fulfill the law of, of, of Christ. Um, and I think about these ants. Oftentimes when you see an ant like struggling, like a, a little ant with this huge piece that they're trying to carry, you see all the other ants kind of gather around and they each grab something and they all like move it together. And that kind of cooperation I think is really, um, it's really uh, encouraging to see within, within the church. Um, Young people. So I know there's some older folks, there's also some young folks here. Um, how many times um, 
I guess it's very easy growing up in your home if you're, um, if you're used to your parents kind of taking care of everything that you're doing. Um, you know, so many, so many times it's having to ask your kids, you know, do the laundry, do your chores, you know, do, do what you're told. I think m one thing that God wants from us to, to repent from as sluggards is to really want to um, serve our families, our, our community as much ways as possible. Um, that's just part of growing up, and it's, it's a hard thing, but I think God calls us um, to, um, to do the work, to, to um, really live our lives in service to him and to others. One, thi one uh, sermon that really challenged me when I was, when I was growing up, um, it's John Piper's uh, seashell sermon. It's, it's one of these sermons that really, he gave it in um, 2000, um, and he's talking about how we don't want to waste our lives. We want to live our lives for God's glory instead of necessarily just pursuing the American dream. Um, it really had an electrifying effect on my life. And I, I really encourage you guys that um, I'm going to ask Zoe to s send a link to the, the sermon and also the book, uh, Don't Waste Your Life, um, in um, the email today. I, I really think it's kind of kicking the tush um, that I needed when I was 20 years old. Uh, to understand how to live my life for God's glory. Um. You know, Steve had this huge brain bleed. Um, I think you could look at this and you could easily say, oh, this is a tragedy. You know, he's not that old. <coughs> he had uh, a life ahead of him, you know, and this is something that, um, took is gonna is probably gonna be taking our brother down. Um, I think another way to look at it though is to say, Steve Semple did not waste his life. You know he he worked diligently his entire life. He he and Barb worked together and gave generously and invested um, in in Nepal in such in a w such a way that inspired our whole church to get behind them. And you know because of their ministry to the Nepalese. You know, I'm, I'm sure there are hundreds and, and probably thousands of people um, who have heard the gospel and, um, and many of them having um, been saved because of, the, um, because of the sacrifice. Honestly, they, they, they have been the, the people who have kind of spearheaded this for, for decades now. Um, Steve Semple's life wasn't wasted or hasn't been wasted. Um, and I guess my prayer for each one of us is that at the end of our lives, whether that's be in, in like two weeks or um, 50 years, that our lives weren't wasted, that we were spent for the sake of the, the, the gospel. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 6, 11 to 12 says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence and to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit their promises. You know, the, the rise of uh, remote work has been a really boon to a lot of people. You know, you don't have to go to work, you don't have to go through traffic, um, you can just stay at home and work, and it's been really good. Um, but one side effect of this is the, it's a lot easier to um, slack off when you're, when you're at home um, and your boss isn't watching, watching over your shoulders. And I, I, I found this, this little uh, tool on Amazon, what's called a, a mouse jiggler. And what a mouse jiggler does is um, it kind of moves the mouse so it appears like you're doing something on the screen. And people use it to, to pretend to be working when they're out and not working. Um, and I laugh at that, but the reality is that when I'm at work, there are so many times when I, I should be doing my notes, I should be sending triage messages or calling patients, and I'm just sitting there like reading about tech or reading about ESPN or some kind of worthless time, 
um, time waster. And I think to myself at times, like if the CEO of the hospital system was, was sitting next to me, you know, would I be reading about you know, sports? I probably wouldn't be. I would probably be a lot more diligent. I'd probably be doing you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and you know, the, the, in Proverbs is talking about how the ants do these things without having any particular authority over them. It's not like the, the queen is out there saying, hey, pick up that corn you know, and bring it back. The ants kind of do it on their own. Um, how, do, how do you work when no one's watching you? Do you cut cor corners or use work time to entertain yourself? I suspect that um, we all do in some sense. I'm sure we all work more diligently when there's someone an authority watching over us. Um, in Colossians 3, 20, 23 to 24, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Why should we give our best efforts to the work that we have? Because we're serving the Lord Christ. Jesus deserves our very best um, that we can give. How does that look? Um, maybe it looks like being extra diligent to make sure I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Uh, perhaps it means working with your kid extra when they're struggling at school or making sure you're doing your share of the work at, um, doing more than your share of the work. Um, maybe it looks like not you know, binge watching some show when you have a test coming up that you're studying for. In my own case, it's a poor witness if I pray with every single patient that I meet and share the gospel with all these people and then do a terrible job as a doctor. The quality of our work declares the glory of God. Um, now, we all are different stages in our lives. Some of us are older, some are younger. Our goal is the same, though, to work heartily for heavenly inheritance. Not because our boss is watching or because you'll get in trouble if you don't. Um, but we work because the one who purchased us deserves um, our best and has empowered us by his spirit to strive for better. Um, I love the example, a couple of months ago, I was talking to Isaac, um, and he was working in the pizza shop. And, you know, honestly, he didn't find the work particularly exciting, and it's very st stressful dealing with the public and stuff like that. Um, and so I was like, oh, why don't you find another job? Um, and I remember what he said. He was like, well, I'm staying here because my team needs me um, and because they, they need the help. And so I was just so, I was so inspired by the, the fact that he, he was wanting to, and I'm sure you're cringing right now, sorry, brother, <laughs> but um, wanting to stay at this job that he didn't like, um, that wasn't necessarily the most lucrative job, in order to serve, in order to, to care, put other people's needs before his own. And I, I think that is so commendable, and my, I think that, would, that should be our, each one of our hearts, to um, be willing to put to work in. You know, when we sit there and we complain about our work, and, you know, we all complain about our work at times, I think it's... Um, not necessarily saying the best example of someone who is working diligently for God's glory. You know, ultimately, even if we're, you know, mopping floors or, you know, driving Uber or something like that, these are things that matter. These are things that God uses to, to provide grace to the world around us. Um, and so I think my encouragement for all of us, it's so easy when our parents ask us to mow the lawn for us to be like, oh, again. Um, or our kids wake us up in the middle of the night because they had a nightmare. And it's like, oh, God. Um, but this is ultimately what God has given us to do. This is the work he's given. Um, and um, I just pray that we'd be able to do whatever we're asked to do, whether it's big or small, um, with joy, um, with diligence, um, with a real desire to, to serve our Lord Christ. Um, therefore, my beloved brothers, this is First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Um, be therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. How many times have you found yourself working behind the scenes um, in a position where there's no one to see your work or commend you for your diligent efforts? Um, you know, maybe you've invested all your time and your heart into some goal and it didn't pan out to fruition. Um, have you been there? You know, I, I had been raising tadpoles with my, with my kids the past uh, three weeks and I was so excited for them. I rescued them from a puddle at work. Um, and they, I've been watching them kind of grow and the other day they had legs and sprouted and um, they were like on top of the water and I was like, oh my goodness, they're, they're gonna survive. Um, and uh, so I went and bought a bunch of fruit flies to feed them and stuff like that. And when I got home, like two of the tadpoles were dead in the bottom of the tank. Yeah, and it just, they're tadpoles. Um, but my heart was just broken. Um, and you think it, it, that, that kind of thing wouldn't matter, but when you invest your heart in something and it doesn't work, um, th there's disappointment. And what I found comforting in the midst of that, honestly, it's a real story. I was really sad and crying. Um, God is faithful. You know, there's nothing wasted with God. You know, he, um, he can use even those disappointments in our lives to uh, further his kingdom. And sometimes we don't understand what that looks like. Um, but what a comfort to be able to say, God is, God is here. God is using this, and I can trust him. Um, why do ants work so diligently during the day and summertime? Because they know that winter is coming. There's always seasons in our lives where things are going well. Perhaps you're at a good job, you're making a lot of money, you know, the, your, your kids are surviving and, and th thriving, and maybe the stock market's up and you feel rich. Um, every single one of us has those moments. And, uh, and for the ants, that's summertime. You know, they're running around and skating all, all the, the fat of the, la the land. Um, maybe you guys are in one of those seasons right now. I pray that you are. Um, but the reality for ants and the reality for all of us is that there are times when the weather gets cold um, and the spring seems long and far away. There's a temptation for us to live for now. Um, there's that term YOLO, you only live once, right? Um, the world is always trying to sell us, you know, a nicer house or better clothes or a fancier car. Um, for me, a, a, a better camera or a camera lens. You know, that's, those are things that it tells us you, you need these things to, in, order to, in order to be happy. Um, these days on Instagram, one of, the, one of the things that people look at are these lifestyle influencers who are, they might not be um, rich in one ways, but they're traveling to Thailand or, you know, really making their lives look really, really exciting. Um, there's always t temptation for us to live kind of beyond our means um, instead of kind of storing up for the future. There was a February 2023 survey by the bank's um, website, Bankrate. It showed that 36% of American adults um, surveyed said that their credit, credit card debt was higher than the amount that they have in savings. So credit card debt more than they have in savings. That should be terrifying. It's 36%. Um, I think the problem is we have, a, as a society, we have a problem with deferred gratification. Uh, we have champagne tastes on a Kool-Aid budget. Um, I think wisdom for the writer of Proverbs is seen in God's creatures who, the ants, um, who work together in summertime to, to um, gather food and, um, and to prepare for winter um, so that they can survive those kind of long cold months. What does that look like to you? Do we really need the latest iPhone or the PS5 or um, cable TV um, if you're holding on to expensive credit card debt? 
some of the things that we think of as necessities are more like privileges. You know, the reality is we, we think about Social Security as this, you know, coverall for when we're retired. But for a lot of us young, younger people, <coughs> excuse me, it's not going to be around. You know, Social Security is not going to be around. So we should be thinking diligently about how to prepare for the future now. Um, maybe there's another wrinkle to this. Maybe you're one of those responsible people who don't have credit card debt. Um, maybe you live within your means. Um, but friends, death is coming for every single one of us. The treasures that we have here on earth are going to be left behind, and the treasures that we lose for God's glory here on earth are going to be multiplied um, in heaven. So are we storing up treasures where moth and rust do not destroy? I know we're going to be hearing a sermon about money soon, but um, I think my, my encouragement to you is, do we want to enjoy our fancy luxuries while seeing our brothers and sisters abroad and tell them, go in peace and be well-fed, while not being one to sacrifice the gifts and treasures that God gave us in order to serve them? Uh, Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I want to commend you guys. You know, as a church, we had the, um, the offering for the Nepalese the past two weeks, um, and you guys, as you always do, kind of gave generously, um, and we'll be sending them over $5,000 um, with the amount that the church matched. Um, and I just... I love it. You know, our church, we're not a big church. We're not a wealthy church. Um, but you guys are so generous with what you have um, to share with those who, who have so much less. And I, I think God calls us to um, similar kind of um, acts of radical generosity. I think one of my favorite examples of this, there's a guy, Dr. John Che. He's an elder at Grace. He's my mentor. He's been a mentor for years. Um, and we used to meet um, like every other month or so um, when, when me and Sophia were earlier in in a marriage, we were having some marriage tro uh, troubles, and uh, he was just really helpful for me. Um, but every single time, so he's a doctor at um, Metro Health. He's one of the big dogs, like in charge of multiple departments. He's um, part of the Institute of Medicine. He's r really kind of up there. Um, and, you know, as such, he, he, he uh, makes a lot of money. He makes more than um, me and Sophia put together. Um, but every single week when I'd see him, he came in driving this old, beat-up, you know, Toyota Corolla. And there's nothing wrong with Toyota Corollas. They're, they're great cars. Um, but, you know, someone who makes that much money, you kind of expect a little bit of, you know, driving a Mercedes or, you know, something, something fancy. And every single time, it was just this old 19, like, probably 2000s uh, Corolla. Um, and I've always, and then when I, I didn't see him for a while during COVID, um, but when we got back together, um, he, he had a new car. I was like, oh, a new car. And it was a, a new Corolla. So, <laughs> so, so I was, uh, and the reason why he does this is because he gives radically and generosity, generously um, more than we do, uh, more than I do. Um, and it's just it's such an inspiration for me to, to see someone who has the means um, but is living purposely below them so, so that they can kind of sacrifice and give to um, taking the treasure that he has here and in, in investing it in glory. Winter is coming for all of us. Are you going to be ready? The verse continues. How long will you go lie there, O slugger? Will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber. One point I want to be clear. Um, so this verse is... Um, it's very clear about the, the need and necessity of hard work and diligence. 
Um, but one thing I also want to point in, in here is that um, there is nothing wrong with the rest. You know, every single, even, even uh, the Almighty God rested on the seventh day of creation. Um, he calls us to rest, and we, we need to find our rest in Jesus. So there is, we, God calls us to work hard and be diligent, but he also calls us to have times, you know, maybe you take a day on the Sabbath to, to rest and to kind of um, focus on your relationship with God and just resting your bodies and your, your minds. That's a fruitful thing, and I really encourage us all to, to do something like that. Um, maybe that means getting more sleep at nighttime or taking a hike or just getting away from all. Um, I think the purpose, one of the purposes of the Sabbath is to help us to realize that we need, we need rest so that we can labor fruitfully in the other six days ahead. You know, our society is moving into a, a world where there's going to be less and less jobs available. Um, they have things like um, artificial intelligence, which are even now kind of starting to take the positions of um, white-collar workers, and there's going to be uh, like uh, automatic driving uh, trucks, and even in the medical field, there's, there's programs that can read CAT scans um, faster and, and more accurately than the radiologists. Um, so it, the reality of artificial intelligence is going to affect every single one of us in the, in, in the decades to come. Um, there's going to be, we're going to be confront, confronted with the reality that work's going to be different, and it may be looking different for each one of us. Um, but the reality is that the truth that God has given us in his word mean that um, his perfect calling for work, whatever kind of work that looks like, um, is going to be something that we're still called to do, regardless of what the technology is around us. I think another thing that the verse doesn't necessarily touch on, but I think is also relevant, is the flip side of, of sluggishness. So where some people are lazy and they don't want to work, there are others who obsess about work. Their, their work is their identity. Like, this is who I am. This is what defines me. Um, and I... I've, there's been times when I thought about that myself, like, I'm a doctor, I'm doing useful things um, and helping people, um, and making that, like, this is the foundation of, of who I am. Um, even to the point where it was hard for me to take time away from work um, in order to go to my kids' uh, preschool, um, singing songs and stuff like that, concerts, um, because I was like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be helping people, and, and you know, I'm losing all this money that I'd be making and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of sad, but it's true. Um, maybe, work, um, maybe work defines your life in the fact that if you, if you mess up and make some, some kind of error, then everything will come crushing down because you worry about what people think about you. Um, so it's also dangerous to make work an idol in your life. Ultimately, um, the work that we do is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's not, it shouldn't define who we are. Our, our identity should be as um, redeemed um, sinners who love uh, the, the Lord. So, um, so ultimately, worshiping work is just as dangerous as fleeing from it. So where is Christ in, in the midst of all this talk of work? Surely the one who, very, by his very words, spoke the world into existence um, and spoke the thousands of kinds of ants into existence knows a little bit about work. Well, we look at Jesus' life. We know that he was a, a diligent carpenter. He learned from his father. Um, Throughout his life, he, he was um, trained to work with his hands. Um, he was always surrounded by people who needed his help. Um, and throughout his life, he did everything perfectly. He, you know, whenever someone needed help, he dropped everything he was doing and, and served them. Um, Jesus didn't live for, you know, himself. Ultimately, he left the glories and the comfort of heaven um, and we're able to come down to earth to bear our sins and our 
burdens upon the cross. Um, and, you know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising his shame, um, and he died for our sins of sloth and laziness. And he declared truthfully, it is finished. His work on earth was done. Jesus bore three terrible days of winter in darkness so that by faith in him, um, we would be able to, um, that we would not have to. Um, so f- the reality for Christians is that even though, you know, the um, winter is coming, um, the resurrection, and because of the resurrection, and because of the, the future promise um, of, you know, Christ's return, um, there's a promise of an, an endless summer. And I think about Steve, and he's in his hospital bed right now. Um, and, you know, in some sense, winter is coming for him, but, you know, it's, it's even though this is the end, um, it's just the beginning of the future glory um, that awaits him. And I, it makes me so happy to, to um, even though I'm both sad, I'm also happy. You know, he's going to be able to um, stand, stand at the feet of Jesus or sit at the feet of Jesus and look at him, his face and know that he is loved uh, and know that, you know, his life has meant much. Um, surely a God like this is worthy to be worshipped and served with our whole lives. And what a comfort to know that the foundation of rest earned by the cross frees us from work to serve and love, not because we are earning God's love through these things, but, we are, but because we are loved extravagantly by God. Um, one quote that I have printed on my checks, you can um, look on the screen here. So uh, this, is, uh, um, this is one of our checks that we have. Um, it's, it's a minions check. Um, but um, in, in the little corner, you'll see some words. It's uh, only one life will soon be passed. Um, only what's done for Christ will last. And um, it was written by this guy, C.T. Studd. And it may, may sound familiar because, um, you know, our senior elder, Brad, was... Um, giving a sermon about a month ago, and he, you know, I was listening to it, and he started talking about this, this the guy who wrote the poem, and started reading it. I was like, that was a closing to my, <laughs> to my sermon. <laughs> um, and so, um, but, you know, the early bird gets the worm, and so Brad was able to share that, um, that poem with you guys. And, um, you know, I'd, I wanted to end with something similar, um, but since the, the, the poem was not there anymore, I, um, I decided to go to uh, the ChatGPT. You guys might be familiar. So ChatGPT is an is a, is a artificial intelligence language model that you can ask questions. And uh, I've been playing around with it. It's really interesting. So I asked it to do a, um, a five stanza rhyming poem about living a life for Christ. And this is what it came up with. And I, d- I did modify it some, because um, even though it's really remarkably good, it's, it's not perfect. Not that I am either. <laughs> Um, so let me read it. In this world filled with labor and strife, I've wondered at times, is this all that's my life? We work for the man or woman all the day long, and at the end of it, it can just feel so wrong. Lured by laziness, attempting sin, we veer off course, lose focus within. Why should you serve others or finish the job when we can swipe along with the TikTok mob? Or obsess about work, that's more mature in pursuit of success or fears of failure. Yet in the process, we're losing the war, we're missing life's meeting, there has to be more. Where a savior came, Messiah perfect indeed, Jesus of Nazareth met our deepest need. Our Lord carried our failings high upon the tree, and dying for us, Christ set us free. Raised from the grave, triumphant he stands, conquering death as only he can. His grace is our refuge, a shelter so firm, and him alone will find solace long-term. So rest weary souls in his loving embrace, and his presence find peace, a sacred place. So 
Though labor persists, let his love erase the burdens we carry with his redeeming grace. For Christ's yoke is gentle, his burden is light. In him we find strength to fight the good fight. To toil with purpose, but in the midst of our test, remember in Jesus alone we find our true rest. Let's pray. Lord, we um, are grateful that we are yours. We're grateful that perhaps even though we each have our tendencies towards laziness or um, not being diligent in the work that you have called us to, or perhaps complaining about the work that, we, um, y- that you want us to do, um, or perhaps um, idolizing work too much and making it the main emphasis of our lives. Oh God, we, um, we want to confess to you that we are broken, that we're in need of your grace. Um, and I'm so thankful, Lord, that's because of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross by doing all the work for us, all the, um, all the work that he was called to do, um, that's um, because of his death and because of the sacrifice that he made for us, that we can um, enjoy the life of his resurrection and enjoy the rest that he provides. Oh, Lord, we want to be people that work, people who are diligent in what you have called us to do, whether that means dying to ourselves and our, to our um, des- desires in order to serve someone else, um, 